Welcome to Let's Get Unraveled, a place where artists from all walks of life come to share their unabridged stories and speak openly and candidly about their creative journeys. We're so happy you're here. Hey everybody, I'm Co Hodges. I'm a co-founder and lead instructor at Unraveled Academy. And today I have the thrill of getting to speak with the babes from Style and Select, Holly and Melissa. You guys, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. We're so excited. This is going to be so much fun. So we're going to talk today a lot about quote unquote balance. Um, We're going to talk about money, um, which I really love to talk about. I've been talking a lot about that lately because I feel like as creatives, especially as female creatives, it's kind of a separate part of our brain and life that we don't touch on enough. So this is going to be really good. Um, So to start off, can each of you give me a bit of a background on your careers and your creative endeavors and your family life? Holly, let's start with you. So I, we were just talking before we got on about your divorce series and I am actually divorced as well. And I've been divorced for uh, like three years now and I have two little ones and, um, backing up, I actually kind of took the long way around to photography. I got a bachelor's in animal science that I wanted to be a vet. And then I, (laughs) Uh, graduated with that and then decided, ah, no, I don't want to be a vet. And so I went to nursing school, <laughs> All right. became an RN. And then like most, a lot of mom photographers, uh, I started taking pictures when my uh, first child was born, my daughter. So that was six years ago. And it kind of spiraled downhill and I uh, started taking pictures for other people yeah. and I spiraled loved the downhill. creative. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh my down- shit. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, well, I some know. days it is downhill. <laughs> I know, I'm tracking you girl. I got you. I feel like I'm echoing. So hold on. Okay. Um, but so then I just started taking pictures for other people and, um, that's when I started my business about five years ago. And I still work part-time as a nurse uh, just because I enjoy it and it keeps my brain active. But I definitely love the creative side of photography more. So that's kind of my backstory. Oh my gosh, I have like so many parallels with you. It's kind of nuts. Really? Yeah, I have two bachelor's degrees as well and I'm a nurse and divorced. Oh, wow. Oh my gosh. (laughs) We need to have a drink sometime together. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we have so much to talk about. Oh, right. yeah. Uh, how about you, honey? Um, I started uh, photography like most people, like Holly said, um, when I had my first child. But I actually have always loved photos. Uh, my dad was, like, really into videos and, like, creating home movies, but they were, like, you know, he would like edit them and all that stuff. And so I've always just been really, um, no, he's like a piece of shit now. So I don't really, (laughs) I don't, uh, I don't like take after him and that, and and the rest of his life, (laughs) just, just, uh, just the photography side. So, um, I, uh, have always taken photos. Like I have a huge tub that that's like the one thing that I make sure I know where it's at at all times. And it has all the prints from back in the day in school. I was always the one that had a Kodak camera yeah. and I have rolls of, I had rolls of film. And then I also have, you know, just prints on prints from Walmart. Um, 
because that's just my life when I was younger. Like I always had a camera at school. And so I've always loved taking pictures just because of like the memory aspect of it. Like it's, I'm a, such a like nostalgic person. Um, and so I got a camera, which my camera was like a cool pics that had like, that <laughs> yes, had like, it <laughs> was like the, it was like the fancy one that looked like a DSLR, but it, the lens did not come off. I know exactly what you're talking about. It made me feel, I was like, oh shit, I have a legit camera now. And like, so I started, I use that to take people's pictures and do photo sessions. And, you know, it didn't even have like settings. Like it was literally like a cool pics, you know? And so, um, but yeah, so then I slowly upgraded to other things that had detachable lenses. (laughs) And, um, And yeah, so I, I worked a bunch of odd end jobs between that. Because I just, I'm such a, like, I can't, I can't focus. I'm just not like someone that can sit at a job. And that's all I did was like desk jobs. So I would like quit every year. Like I'd have a different job. And, um, and then I finally started doing this like really seriously and I was making good money at it. And I was just like, okay, I'm just going to do this and stay home with my kids and do photography. And it's, it took off. And, um, and then now I actually went back to work, but I work at the university of Missouri as a photographer. So I still get to do photos during the day and have the insurance and have, you know, the retirement, um, and then do this, um, do the photography more on the side. So, man, you guys are badasses. I'm telling you. <laughs> I just wrote down insurance and retirement because I feel like we could talk about that a little bit later. I feel like that's something that's not touched on a ton. Um, and obviously for creative entrepreneurs, you know, or any entrepreneur, really, that's a, that's a struggle. Yeah, uh, it is a struggle. And that's I mean, honestly, I actually just I had gone full. I was at Mizzou full time um, before we started Style and Select. And then we started Style and Select. And for like a year, I it was very hard to, to do all of the things. And so I finally was just like, okay, husband, I've, something's got to give. I don't really like going to work to eight to five. You know that about me. So can I go part-time? And he's like, well, we're going to lose our insurance. So we actually, I went part-time now and we don't have insurance, uh, which came to bite us in the ass because my daughter just (laughs) fell and completely like demolished her foot. Um, And, uh, yeah. So, and then he also ripped his something in his elbow. So now he has to have surgery. Literally all this happened two months after we lost our insurance. Of course. Yeah. So I was like a bawling, like sobbing mess. Like I was like, this is all my fault. We don't have insurance now because I'm selfish. And my husband's like, you can't blame yourself. But yeah, you kind of are selfish. I'll tell you after my divorce, um, I had great insurance. My ex-husband's a firefighter and my children are still insured through him, which is a blessing because to be self-employed and insure family members is, is so expensive. So I just had to worry about myself. But to be honest with you, for nine months, I the kids recovered. So I didn't even think about me until I had almost a car accident. And I'm a mm-hmm. ER, so I know better, right? I, I see this stuff every day. And I was like, that could have been very expensive. I didn't even think about my like welfare. I was like, that could have really tanked every dime I have if right. I need to get my shit together and get some insurance. So it is, it's so important. It's so important. 
I know. Now um, we're looking at insurance. <laughs> you know, like, well, it won't cover anything that actually just happened last week, but right. <laughs> we need it. So there's there's an option, and I was talking um, about this on another interview with Ace Fanning, and I'm interested in expanding upon this and maybe having him back on to talk just about. Can this. I just say I'm obsessed with him? He oh, he's the best. He's <laughs> whenever we he's met Melissa in uh, Palm Springs, like she we come to figure out that she like knows him and that I'm obsessed with him. And so she was like, Oh my God, you guys would totally be best friends. And I was like, I know we already are. He just doesn't know that. Like, I fucking love him. <laughs> he's local to me here. Um, he is a really good friend of mine. He's actually my first mentor here in Phoenix. Yeah. That's how I met him. And then now we have a workshop, right? Yeah. We do a workshop together here. And yes, He's a blast and he's a big part of my life and my kids' lives. And um, we love him so much, but I'm going to tell him that we'll have to have a meetup, but (laughs) he does something and he's a really great person to talk about this with because he does something. It's actually through his church though. So I'm I'm not affiliated with any church. So I don't know what this means for non-affiliated people or non-religious, but there's, I'm sure that there's these same options and I need to look into it. And it's like a collective of people and you, you pay a monthly premium and then it's kind of like this big pool of money. And then when somebody needs, when somebody gets hurt, they pull from that giant. Yeah. Actually, that's exactly what I have. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a health share. Like you don't have to be affiliated. Uh Oh, sorry. Your phone's going off. Um, you don't have to be affiliated with a church per se, um, but they have these nationwide companies. Um, and I, the one I have, uh, I think right now it was me and my kid, my two kids, and then they're now covered with their dad. So it's just me. So I want to say it's like probably $250 a month, which is kind of expensive, but Honestly, um, that's, it's not... I would- do that in a heartbeat. I pay yeah. through my hospital more than that. And I'm full-time just for me. Oh, oh my yes. gosh. Yes. Well, this one, you just get one covered visit a year. That's like covered at a hundred percent. And then the rest goes towards your deductible. But honestly, whenever I think it's, if it's just me, it's like a thousand dollar deductible and then it's covered at a hundred percent after that. Mm-hmm. And Which with my really kids, good. yeah, mm-hmm. with my kids, it was $1,500 for all of us. The deductible wow. was, and it was covered at a hundred percent. I've, we've used it several times and I've never had any issues. I've never you had any problems. Having a shared uh, plan with that, that is Christian based. They do have regulations and like restrictions based on their faith. So they yeah, don't like offer they don't birth cover, control. They don't offer, like they don't cover certain things just because it doesn't align with what they believe in. Right. So yeah, like if you get knocked up and you're not married, they won't cover it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. You guys are the best. This is so fun. <laughs> That's why I told Ace. I was like, he's like, yeah, it's through my church. And I was like, yeah, I won't apply. <laughs> no, you do. I use uh, Liberty Health Shares and okay. you can look it up and you don't have to be like part of their church. It's just like a, they've Amazing. got a huge base. Like, so, I mean, there's a lot of people putting money into it. Sure. And I think that like per event, say you were to get in a car accident, um, each event is, you can, it covers you up to like a million dollars per wow. thing that happens in wow. a year. And then after that, if something else happens, it's another million dollars per thing. So it's hopefully knock on wood. It's worked so far. 
Right. But just don't get knocked up, you know. <laughs> yeah, just don't get knocked up if you're not married. Don't do if that. If you're not married. Oh, man. There's so much more we can talk about with that. Um, <laughs> will you do me a favor? And you guys, I will add this in the show notes um, so people can access this because I think this is fantastic information. Um, the link to that uh, company. and uh, Yeah, I'll type it in the, ad, the web address. Fabulous. Oh, thank you so much. So let's talk a little bit. We got a little bit. That's like, this is all the stuff I really wanted to touch on. So good. Um, Let's talk a little bit about financial independence and stability. We already got a little bit of a taste of where you guys sit with that. And I'm so excited to continue this conversation because you're just the perfect people to talk about this with. But we'll start with you, Holly. Financial independence and stability. What do those words mean to you? Um, well, gosh, a lot of things. I mean, to me, being divorced, um, and it's just me paying the mortgage and utility bills and daycare and everything that comes up, it's just me. So honestly, um, financial stability to me equals less stress because I want to be at home more and working from home more. And that way I can, you know, if my kid's sick, I can stay home. Cause I've had, I don't know how many times I've literally, my kid's been sick and it's the day that I have to work and I've had to call in and just like Monday, my son was like, my head hurts and he kind of felt warm. I'm like, mm, not today, junior. You got to go. I got to work. I promise I don't just like, if they're really <laughs> sick, I'm not going to infect the rest of the population, <laughs> but my right, right. buddy, it's probably allergies. You're fine. Every like, month, you know, though. as a nurse, right. you are like, right. you're not going to the doctor unless you're like dying. Right. So, right. Right. <laughs> exactly. my poor kids they don't know what a doctor's office looks like half the oh time. my gosh <laughs> but I just think uh being able to find financial stability financial stability is really important to me because I feel more independent like I feel like I can provide for my kids I can um stand on my own two feet and uh, having a business to where I can be home more yep. and I can be more flexible and still have that. Um, the financial stability is so important. That's my ultimate goal because I want to be able to do a lot of things with my kids and not have to be like, Oh, sorry, kids, I got to work. I got to, I'm going to be gone. I can't come to your little party at school. Like I don't want that. But mm-hmm. also if you work from home part-time and you don't make that much money, then you can't, it's a lot more stress on you. And then your kids feel that in turn. Like if you're stressed out because of money and making ends meet, your kids feel that. And you're just not, I don't feel like I'm as happy as happy of a mom when I'm trying to worry about, you know, paying bills and things like that. Right. You're in the hustle. And and I, and I want to give you actually a little bit because I feel like you're not giving yourself the credit that your kids are also seeing you hustle and whether they can express it now because they're little or not, they will respect the hell out of you for that later. I promise. That's so true. There's something to be said about someone that is a hard worker and can do all those things 
and still keep a house going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And still have it be, you know, and, and you're the warm, nurturing mother that you, you may not even know you're being, but you are that intrinsically. So you're doing all yeah. these things. Yeah. You're doing great. <laughs> oh, thanks. <Trust> me. <laughs> and I can say that to you. It's so hard to say it to myself, but like, I'm working on that. I'm, that's my, this year is my year of telling myself I'm great. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's hard to do. Um, yes. Melissa, exactly. what does financial independence and stability mean to you? Um, it, it, it definitely mimics a lot of what Holly said. I, my situation obviously is a little bit different because I do have a husband that contributes. Right. Um, but when I was like in school online, so I, I had my kids, my oldest son, uh, when I was 19. So I literally had like just graduated high school. Um, so we were financially screwed for a very long time you know we like literally were like stealing electricity from our apartment people next door because we couldn't <laughs> afford our electricity <laughs> like not not lying and um and so I went to school you know I did school online nobody told me that taking out loans as an 18 year old is going to come back also bite you in the ass um and nobody really told me that you're going to pay like 15 times what you actually took out. And then, you know, I had a bunch of odd end jobs making like 10 bucks an hour. Didn't really feel feel like I was really contributing after daycare. Um, And so it just, I just felt really worthless. And there were times that my husband and I did almost go through, like we went through rough patches. We almost thought we were going to get divorced. And I was like, holy shit, I can't live on my own. Like I literally depended on him because I didn't make any money (laughs) and and didn't have a degree to go get a good paying job. And so I I finished up, you know, we're, we're, we got through it, whatever, you know, married, married people still have rough rough patches, Um, but you know, we're, we're getting through it. And, um, and I got my degree and, and it's just been so important for me to be like, I've almost become obsessed with making money. And I think for that, because for that first like 10 years of the 13 that we've been together, I was semi-dependent on him. And so now that I'm like, okay, I've got my photo business. I've got the style and select. I've got this. I've got Mizzou. Like now I'm just obsessed with making money. And my husband's like, okay, that's not all that is that is life. And I'm like, (laughs) but it is. I grew up extremely, you know, my mom is uh, was a single parent to four kids and she's deaf. She's hard of hearing. So it's not like she had a really great paying job, um, just because she was handicapped. And so, you know, for Christmas, we got like a hairbrush and I was stoked about that. And so now, and so now I've just always had this drive to be like, no, I will never be happy until I have a certain amount of money or a certain amount of stability. Right. And, and I want my kids to see that too. And like Holly said, yeah, I feel like I work all the time. Um, like constantly and my kids will be like, Oh mom, you're, my kids are older. They're 11 and nine. So they don't really give a shit about me anymore. Like I don't <laughs> need, you know, like they don't need me to take care of them. And so they don't really like, I can work all the time because I don't have to tend to them. Like right, right. they can take a shower and make ramen noodles on their own. So, <laughs> and so it gives me the opportunity to work more, but they do notice that I'm always working. And so mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've tried to make more of a point and that's why I wanted to go part-time at Mizzou. Cause I was like, okay, we can financially afford it. Yeah. It sucks that we lose insurance, but 
I can actually be at home in the evenings and like be yeah. at home and not be like, nope, I got to add clothes for the next four hours. Sorry, guys. Like right. I could do it during the day while they're at school. So, um, so yeah, financial stability is just, is like my number one motivator, I think. Um, absolutely. So. Oh my gosh. That resonates so hard with me. I, um, to, to growing up, um, a little bit different switch situation, which I think, um, prompted me to never be dependent on anybody, specifically a man, not to be sexist towards men because men are fantastic. But I watched my mother be 1000% dependent on my father and he ruled the roost. Mm -hmm. And I watched that and I had very little respect for it. And also we, we didn't have extras, you know, they, they told me, you know, if you want to go to college, you better be smart or good at sports. (laughs) Yeah. You know, or, you know, and, and make that work for yourself. And so I did. Um, And I think that that, and I'd have to be really careful with that because I'm like you guys, like I want better for my kids. I want more for them than I had. However, that having to hustle that early at age 17 up until now, you know, made me this hard worker. So I try to keep that in mind with my kids. I don't want them to not have that. So, you know, that instilled in them early, but I think also them watching us hustle like this and provide is important. And that will instill that quality in them, especially coming from women. Uh, I just feel like such a, I I feel like my motivation is actually crippling my children because since I work so much and we are, you know, semi-financially stable, my husband has his own construction business. And so it's like, we are semi-financially stable. And since I didn't have all of the things growing up, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll buy it for you. Yeah, I'll get it for you. Like I'm constantly yeah. just like making them. F- and it kind of struck me just this past year. Cause my son just randomly is like, Oh, got pissed that I wouldn't buy in this like $60 Xbox game. And I was like, it's not your birthday. Why do you think you just deserve a present? Right. And he was just like, well, you always get me games. And I was like, oh, my God, like, no more. I'm not buying you stuff just to buy stuff. There's no way in hell I'd ask my mom for a Game Boy game just because it's a Tuesday in November. Like, no way. (laughs) I do the same thing. I actually had an aha moment with that where – um, my daughter, I had bought them a couple of things like a skateboard and a couple other things. We moved into our new house and something got messed up on one of their skateboards. And she said, we'll just buy us a new one. And I was like, Hold, hold up. <laughs> yeah. And I wasn't even blaming her for it. Cause I do that because I do want to just shower them with love and all of these things that I didn't have. Yeah. And, and so, we make, we oh, make sorry, fun ahead. of like, uh, you know, the newer generation, which we are part of, mm-hmm. how they throw everything away, like nothing lasts, like even appliances don't last anymore because nothing's made to last. Right. But that's also part of our issue is we're just like, oh, this broke. So instead of fixing what's broken and trying to make it last, we're just like, we'll just go buy a new one. <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> and, I, and it's become, and I feel like a lot of the kids from the 80s, feel this hard because it was a just a different time and and a lot especially for girls I feel I found this for young girls growing up in the 80s and now transitioning into like middle adulthood now it's it's different with their children so it's been a common I've had this conversation a couple times lately actually and I'm like it's really opening my eyes to how to be better (laughs) how to be better at not overdoing it yeah um spoiling the I mean and that's the thing is like our kids we work so hard so we can't provide for them but at the same time we are hurting them by 
being like, oh, here's all the things that you don't have to work hard to get because I'm just going to give them to you. And so it's like, I, I, so I tell my kids, I'm like, I'm sorry. Like now I just, my favorite line is every time they ask me for anything, I'm like, nope, we have no money. Sorry. (laughs) Cause they drop it. And there's no argument. If I tell them we literally have zero money, they'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah. And so I'm just like, I'm like, I'm like, if you uh, save up for your birthday, you know, save your birthday money up and buy that. If if you want hundred dollar Kyrie Irving tennis shoes, Oh my god! Use your birthday money for it. I'm not buying that shit for you. Like I just I, I agree. gotten to the point to where I can't do it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I had a little. I've had some guilt with that lately, and I'm trying to work how I want to do that. If I want to do like work and get an allowance, but like re- actually do work, like not just like oh I push stuff over my desk in my room yeah. and not clean. <laughs> and I'll be like, yay, good job. Here's my <laughs> My daughter will come up to me and she's six, but she knows how to work the system. And she's like, mom, I fed the dogs. That's my chore. I'm like, oh, are you just making up easy chores for yourself now? No, that's your rent. Like that is your rent. There's some things that you have to do to help out with this household. And that's one of those things. Now, if you want to earn money, you can like do extra work on top of that. But daily things like that, feeding the dogs, nah, that's rent. Right. Well, I think that that, I love that you said that because that's something that I've been doing with my kids lately. And we're going to add some more animals to our little situation here soon, because I think that's like caring for animals and plants and stuff like that, like putting that on them. That's what I grew up with. You know, we, we had a little bit of property. We had a tiny little house on it. And, you know, that was just part of life. Like I didn't expect anything in return for going out and watering the garden that we were going to eat from. So that's something I'm working on. But, oh my gosh, there's so much there. So good. Okay. And we kind of touched on this a little bit, but, and I know the answer a little bit, but just to, for the listeners, do you guys both consider yourself providers in your family? And what does that look like specifically for you? I know Holly, for you, sole provider, um, and Melissa, dual provider role, but do you actually consider yourself, do you say, I am a provider? Yes. My husband tells everybody that he'll like, oh no, she's my sugar mama. Like he <laughs> he has no problem telling people, but he does get pissed because we, if someone says it to him, yeah. it's like a pride, ego, man, you know, thing. Yeah. Yeah. If he's the one saying it in a jokingly way, you know, it, it's him putting it out there. But if someone else is like, oh yeah, well, this is your sugar mama, you know, he like immediately is like, gets yeah. pissed like he takes high offense to that and I'm like why do you care I'm like why does it hurt your feelings like who gives a shit who makes the money as long as we're financially stable and we're both happy in what we're doing and, right. and financial stability can look different to everybody you know our financial stability is not so we can have this massive ass house it's so we can have financial stability to make enough money to pay our cars off early and pay my student loans off yeah that's financial stability to us you know weird. Yeah, and we have, don't have, have credit them. card debt. We don't have like currently like we we are very frugal with our money. And that's because we have we just we don't want to we don't buy shit if we don't have the money for it. Like we don't have credit cards. Like it's just something that we live by. And that has helped us become more financially stable because we don't have a bunch of debt. Right. Right. And the word and the worry that comes with that. Right. I, um, I agree. I am. I think for me, it's like not having to worry or even think about it 
at market, if I want to buy, you know, just go in and buy what I want without having to like look at my budget and be like, can I get the organic cashews or do I need to do like peanuts, you know, Um, (laughs) that's winning to me. That's like financial stability for me, not having to worry about it. I think it's interesting to use the word provider. And I love that you mentioned your husband and the ego. And I don't mean ego in like a negative connotation with men because we all have our egos to deal with yeah, and, they're, sure. and they're always present. Like we cannot escape it. That's we have to Part face who we are. <laughs> right. But, and I know I have mine and I have always had a chip on my shoulder about needing to be dependent. In fact, I've been called overly independent my entire mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it almost became a negative thing, you know, in, in subsequent relationships after, you know, leaving the home, uh, my parents' home and then my marriage, the over independence, the, you're too much, that kind of became like a negative thing. And I kind of owned it like that. Like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, it's a negative, but I think it's a positive. And I love talking about using that word provider for women because historically it's been a man's role and a man's verbiage that they get to use. They're the, they're a good provider. And I can't even count on my hands and feet, how many times I'm doing an interview with someone and they're talking about the male role or their husband or their partner or whoever. And he's a good provider for the family. And I'm like, that's fantastic. But do you think about yourself like that? Because we should, you know, I think a big part of like after, so whenever I was married, um, my ex-husband, he made a good amount of money and I was working full-time as a nurse and then eventually went to part-time as a nurse whenever I had my kids and then part-time with photography. But because I wasn't making as much as he was, he didn't see the value in what I was bringing in. And uh, so I felt like any kind of financial decisions he didn't even include me in. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it just like you were talking about chip on your shoulder, like that's kind of my chip on my shoulder. And so in turn, whenever we did get divorced, I became very independent and um, I wanted to be able to provide for my kids without anybody there because I wanted to be able to say like, no, I can do this and I can be successful. I don't have, and I don't, I don't want to have to depend on a man. I want to be able to be happy and financial, financially stable without someone. Now, in saying that, I also believe that, you know, I can be happy again with someone and get remarried. And it can be having that, this time in my life where I've had to be independent and I've had to provide solely for my children um, makes me feel like I could be a better partner um, in a future relationship or I guess the relationship I am in now, I, <laughs> I can't Amazing. discount him. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> but he just I just outed, feel like. Just outed on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, no, I am with someone, been with someone for uh, a year and a half or so. But I just feel like I think that when they know that going into the relationship, like, hey, this girl, she is independent, she's going to provide, she's going to work hard, then they're not going to take over control of like, okay, well, I have to provide for the the mortgage, the bills, the car payments, all of that. Like, at least I know this person is going to help out too, and they're going to work hard doing it as well. And they just, and your, your, I feel like my, and I feel like with you too, Holly, like once they start to see whoever your partner is, 
in any role, you know, even a friendship too. Like once yeah. they see how um, driven you are or motivated or, you know, determined, like they respect you more, not even in like a monetary value. Like they're just like, holy shit, she is like on fire. She means business. Yeah. Like I can't, I'm not going to try and fuck with her because <laughs> She knows what she wants and she's going for it and like beelining towards whatever her goal is. And so like, I feel like my husband and I just like, and I tell people all the time, I'm like, he's like the best housewife, housewife ever because <laughs> he, he does everything. I mean, he does yeah. the cleaning, he does the laundry, he folds, he does all of that. He doesn't want me doing it because I'm such not a perfectionist and he is. And gotcha. so he, but he cleans and he cooks and you know, he, he does all that on top of his job, but that's, I do the other stuff. Like I take the kids to practices. I pick them up from practice. I take, I go to the games, you know, like, so it's like, we have like a reverse role in the traditional sense that people think right. of um, people like relationships and marriage. And, um, but it, I don't think it necessarily has to be like that. And I feel like he's totally fine with it. I think that as the generations get older and, um, those, those defined roles are starting to merge and change and, you know, whatever it may be, but he respects, I mean, he always respected me, but he did feel like he, what he said goes back in the day when I was like financially depending on him, um, because he was like, Oh, well, it's, my money. It's my money, you know? And so now he kind of has to ask me, <laughs> I mean, you know, kind of call me and be like, can I buy this? And I'll be like, no, <laughs> that's my money now, bitch. No, just joking. Just joking. We totally, no, you know, we get along with that, but it's it just, had just a couple times just to, just to, you know, get him back. Right. But I think what you said is so interesting and so important. And I feel like, yeah, the, the gender stereotypes of what our relationships are supposed to look like, of what marriage is supposed to look like, first of all, it's time to redefine those individually for each individual team, you right. know, and that's what it should, should we're, we're a team here. And just because I'm female doesn't mean I'm in charge of kitchen duties. And just because you're male doesn't mean you're in charge of garage duties. And just because, you know, we're these things that we're these assigned genders doesn't mean there should be this divide in the provision role. And, I think it's individualized. I don't think anyone can define that for you, but you. And I love that you said that because, and I think it's it interesting. Works differently for everybody. It I mean, there are some couples that do like to stay in that more traditional role because the wife sure. loves to cook and she's an amazing cook and he's yeah. a great landscaper. You know, I mean, yes. there are, there's things that just traditionally work like that. And are there some women that want to be stay-at-home mom and they love the fact that they can put their yoga pants on and go Starbucks every day and meet up with their girlfriends and, <laughs> and not have to work. And they, they wow. enjoy that role. And so right. it just, it depends on just the, the type of person that you are and who you find that you want to spend the rest of your life with. Absolutely. Define it for yourself. Don't let anybody else do that for you. I think that that was a big struggle in my marriage because he was trying so hard to be progressive, but he really wasn't. He had this kind of archaic way of looking at, at things. So while he wanted me to work hard and make a lot of money, he also wanted me to be as home as much as possible and support his career. So it was right. two things that I couldn't possibly do at the same time. You know, there had to be wiggle room and, and, and time for each thing separately, you know, like we'll work on my career, then your career, my career, your career, you're going to be a team. Right. We're going to do this together. And in the middle of all that defining what, what roles we wanted to have within our house. But we met so young that I feel like we fell privy to the norm, the norm, the, 
the gender norms, the timeline norms of like, okay, we were, I was 20 years old when I met him. We were married at 25, you know, and then we started having kids a year after we were married. Very like normal. Like this is our timeline. This is what you're supposed to be doing now. And then we fell into you know, the, the struggle, what we call the trenches. Uh, we have so many parallels. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we need to have several drinks. Uh, <laughs> so maybe the wine for breakfast we were talking yeah, about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to do that. Um, and I know we talked about this already, but the importance of women having financial security in their own lives and for their children to see that. I know we touched on that. But and I don't mean to to exclude men from this. If you're a dude listening to this, I'm not trying to exclude you. It's just something that I feel like needs to be talked about more about women being financially independent, whether they're in a marriage or not. Um, For me, you know, I I have no idea what the future holds for me as far as relationships or I mean, right now I'm like, no, but in the future, I have no idea. But I know that if that was ever going to happen again, I would always want to still be able to provide for my entire family, regardless of anybody else, even if I'm in a marriage or Mm -hmm. in a relationship or something like that. And I I wish that for my kids. Absolutely. Whether you're female or male, like even males should want to be able to provide for their entire family, you know. Whether whether they're in a single or married, like women, yeah. women want to feel that way too, and so that's why we, I feel like as society now, are kind of pushing more for women, women's right. this, women's that, and it's like yeah, that's because traditionally that's not how it was. Right. So right, right. we're talking about it now, and I feel like men, like my husband, he'll get a little defensive when I talk about stuff like that, and I'm like, listen, you don't understand because you never had your gender never had to go through that. Right. Correct. And I agree with him on the fact that like, I know, and my ex used to get pretty bothered with the, like, what about, what about boys? What about men? And I'm like, absolutely. I have a son. I want all of these things for him. He's just not, he's not as burdened with this as my daughter right, right now. And not we're saying that he doesn't, he's not going to face, you know, issues and, and not going to face uh, right. anything that's going to cause him to have a non-perfect life, but it's just, right. it's just more so for. Right. Yeah. Well, it's just it's he- it's heavy on our mouths right now. Like we're talking about this right now. It's we're mid shift of this huge transition and for women. And it's just a, it's it's a hot topic. And so I do understand why they'd be like, oh, well, what about us? And I'm like, totally. I, I, right. and I, I teach my son the same things I teach my daughter, mm-hmm. but I'm but it is just it is going to be different for her. And I think that you're right, like not having been a woman or a girl, you can't possibly understand. So it's a little bit of a tricky situation, um, but I do understand the negativity wrapped up in that. And I try to be mindful of that when I talk to men. <laughs> right, um, right. Okay, so let's talk about a little bit about the unicorn that is balance. We're all hustling. It's busy as hell. What helps you both? And we'll start with you, Holly. What helps you both be more balanced in your work and family lives? So I think that's like a never ending issue. Honestly, Um, I always, I tell Melissa, I'm like, I just got to get my house clean and then I can sit down and I can focus because I can't focus when there's chaos going around all around me. Mm. Um, But I think what really helps me um, in my life is just shutting things off. So Every, you know, if you have your own business, uh, whether it's a photography business or something else, um, it's really hard to shut your brain off because you're always working, whether you're thinking about 
what you're going to do, whether you're emailing responses back at 10 o'clock at night because you're laying in bed and something popped up. Like you're always thinking about it. Your brain's always going. And I sometimes value like walking into work when at my nursing job and clocking in and clocking out and leaving it there. But the problem with that is, is during while I'm at work, like we're getting messages from style and select and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think the biggest thing for me is structure and having a written down plan for the week. Like, okay, at this time, I'm going to um, add clothes this time and then, you know, answer emails in between then. And just having a structure of a day, like what your day is going to look like and sticking by it. Because if not, like my mind is so chaotic and I feel like it's just like any creative person's mind that it just goes in so many different directions. Like mm-hmm. I'm that ADD cleaner, like I'll start cleaning uh, the fridge and then I'll be like, Oh, this needs to be thrown away. And then I'm like, Oh, I need to go get the trash. And, and it's all <laughs> over the place. So if yeah. I don't have structure, it's like, so then I, I feel everything like, half-assed done because yes, you keep moving from yeah. <laughs> And I feel like I just work all day. And I look at the, at the end of the day, I'm like, what did I actually complete? Right. So right. I, in my head, if I'm like, okay, first thing in the morning, I'm going to work out after I drop my kids off, I'm going to work out that gets me going for the day. And then I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of the day. But it's still like, there's days where it's just thrown off and I just get stressed. And I'm like, and usually the stress comes from the lack of balance. And yeah not being able to shut it off, you know, whenever I pick my kids up and spending that evening with them, because my laptop's right there, I can sit there and work and work and work. And I'll be like, Oh, while I'm on the computer, I'm going to load these images for this client. And Oh, while I'm, while those are loading, I'll go ahead and do this and this and this. And then it's like, 6 30 7 o'clock and they're like mom we're hungry and I'm like (laughs) oh we could have been playing outside so I think my biggest thing with balance is the ability to just shut it off like that email can wait that text message to your client at 10 o'clock at night that can wait till the next morning shut just shut it off and allow yourself a time to clock out because as um when you're self-employed, you it's really hard to clock out. It's all you <laughs> all the time. Yeah. There is no yeah. other shift of someone else coming in. Right. Yeah. There's nobody but you. And there's always something you can do to make your business better. Always. It never yeah. goes away. And it can consume you. And this is why burnout's so high with self-employment. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Shut it off. I love it. Melissa, how about you? <laughs> my balance, um, I I just get a lot more stuff done when I'm by myself. And so during the day, so like Holly has to have her house clean before she can do anything. And I'm the total opposite. Like I will wake up (laughs) and my house could be a wreck and I will get my kids to school. And then I sit on the couch, TV's off, nothing is on. I'm literally will just work until like one or two o'clock. And then I'm like, oh my God, it's two o'clock. And I haven't even freaking brushed my teeth yet because I just, (laughs) you know, I just got home and I started working like my house. And then, you know, the house is still a mess. And so then I'm like running around trying to like, at least do the dishes. So my husband's not like, what the shit did you do all day? (laughs) And 
like he like pulls in the driveway and i'm like oh shit and i like go to the to the, the kitchen like put dishes away very quickly so it looks like i did something like you're sweeping the kitchen or something yeah. yeah right if he walked in and you were sweeping he'd be like okay who is this and where's yeah, my yeah. wife yeah. <laughs> yeah i i just i don't i don't get very i don't feel like i do get very um stressed out or like that i have to balance things. And I think that a large part of it is because I have a, a, a significant other that helps with so much. Yeah. And, and that was, I mean, I still obviously am working 24 seven, but cause you can't shut it off. But it's like one thing that I did do was just, if it was an email or, you know, from my photography business or an Instagram message that I knew was like a potential client messaging me. Mm-hmm. I just would not look at it. I would not open the email because I'm also so scatterbrained that if I did open an email, if I don't respond, then I'll forget that I, then it's not bolded anymore. And then I forget about it. And so I like literally have to leave it unread that way. I know I need to look at it. And so I just won't do that anymore at night. Like if it's past eight 30, I don't look at any of my email. I don't open my emails and I don't look at my Instagram messages because I then I have to respond to them and then they respond back to me. Then I feel like I have to respond right back. And it's just like, mm-hmm. I just leave it alone. Cause I used to do that. I used to just like all night, every night, you know, be laying in bed and it's 1030 and my husband's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, Oh client. He's like, what? can you like not for five minutes? And yeah. so I, I finally just was like for my own sanity, like that's like the one thing that I do stick to just to yeah. balance it. And, oh, yeah. and then there's days where I'm just like, I don't want to do any of it. And I will literally take a mental health day. And I'm like, I am, you know, Holly, we both added a shit ton of clothes and we have no email submissions. I am going to take four hours, leave my phone on silent and I'm going to Netflix yeah. binge. Veg out. Like I just yeah. need the time. Like, and that's just part of what I said, like shutting it off. Like it literally, like if you are at the park with your kids and you're on your phone responding to messages because it's like, okay, they're playing, like they're distracted. And I can do this real quick. But honestly, like that's the moments that they look up and they're like, mom's always on her phone or mom's always working. Mom's always on her laptop. And so they're going to grow up thinking like you're not present. And so a big thing that I decided this year is when I am going to do something like with my kids and sit down and play a game with them, I'm not looking at my phone. I'm not going to real quick, if they're distracted doing something, look at my phone and respond to a message or an email. I'm just going to be present with them. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, moms are really hard on themselves, but if you can look back and be like, you know what, we had such a good time for that couple hours. And I did not look at my phone. I didn't answer phone calls. I didn't do anything like that. You feel more, um, like you value, I don't know, like value time with them. Yeah. And so then even though the rest of the day may have been shit, (laughs) that (laughs) couple hours makes you feel like, okay, I am doing something right. And so, like I said, shut it off. Just shut your brain off from work, shut your phone off and just be there. Yeah. No, I love that. And I feel like, although doing it all isn't really a thing, but that's the best way to do it all and make each each person or each group of people in your life feel like you're attending to them. Like you, you yeah. have this time for your family and you're fully present with them. They get a hundred percent of you during that time versus 25% during that time. Right. And then when you're at work, all the time, that's all they get. 
Right. Right. And then 100% of your energy while you're working and then you're done for the day and then you shut that off and then you transition and then you time 100% to you when you have you time. And so important. All of these things make you better at the other things. So mm-hmm. I think that that's fantastic. Oh, my gosh. You guys are so great. OK, we're almost wrapping it up. But before we do, I want you to tell everybody who maybe doesn't know, which I would be shocked if they didn't know, but. What is Dial and Select? When did it start and why did you start it? Oh, man. So Style and Select is um, an interactive styling tool resource for photographers to offer to their clients. Um, It is a subscription-based service. So a photographer can purchase this service. We have a monthly plan. We also have a 12-month membership. And um, the monthly plan is automatically renewing. And you get, once you sign up for it, you get a, an access code. Um, it's kind of like your password into the questionnaire. This questionnaire um, is filled out by either the client or the photographer, depending on how much uh, control they want. Control the photographer wants. And then um, the client fill, or whoever is filling it out fills it out for each person in the family, their age group, uh, their sex, the vibe that they're going for, and then color combo. And then their results uh, show 25 different uh, tops and bottoms and dresses for each person in the family. And then they can accessorize with it. Uh, But the best part, it's not like a Pinterest board where you see these outfits next to each other and you click on it and they're sold out because that Pinterest link has been there for five years. It's a link directly to the retailer where they can purchase it. And we have a girl that goes in and she deletes bad links, sold out links once a week. Mm. Um, so yeah, it shows them, it can give up at the top. It you, Once you favorite something, it shows it all next to each other. Um, and so they can see what it looks like and how it coordinates and they can change it you know, change different things out as they are picking things for each person. And then say the photographer is filling it out for their client. They just email it to their client and their client gets all the links as well. And they can go and shop and literally, or they can, you know, look and see what they already have, um, especially for males and boys, like a lot of that stuff people already have, like khakis for their little kids or white button-ups or blue button-ups or whatever it may be but Mm. but it's just such a it's an interactive basically just an interactive outfit coordination resource that people can visually see how everything looks together before they have left their couch and that is what's so important because going to stores and or ordering a bunch of shit online and then you go and you try and and get some stuff and then I'm like okay I love my dress great now I'm gonna go find stuff for my kids I go to Old Navy I'm like okay yeah this looks good I come back home I lay it all in my bed and I'm like damn it like this isn't the right shade this isn't the right pattern that I thought that this was going to look good with my dress. And it's like, oh, then I got to go back to the store. Like it just, unless you physically bring in what you're going to wear and bring it into a different store so you can see it right there in the store. Like you're, it's just such a disaster trying to like coordinate stuff without looking too matchy. And so this just gives people the opportunity 
to see clothing items for every single person and their family visually together next to it. We call it like the virtual bed because they get to see everything next to each other and be like, oh, okay, this all looks awesome. Now all I have to do is buy this, this, and this because I can see that a blue button up would look great with this. And my husband already has one. And uh, my daughter already has a white linen dress. Great. I only have to buy three things now and I know exactly where to buy them. Um, so it just cuts out so much time for the photographer because that is literally like the number one thing photographers hear is Mm -hmm. what do we wear? What should we wear? What do you, do you have any suggestions on, you know, where, what we should wear? And that's like, or if they don't ask what to wear, then you kind of get a little pit in your stomach. Like, uh Oh, what are they going to show up? (laughs) Because it is such an important thing, whether, I mean, not important as in like everyone needs to look like a looks like film flowy dress type of, I mean, that's just what we feature a lot, but that's, I love like the urban hipster vibe. Like that shit is my jam. Like I like the California vibe where people are, should have been born in California (laughs) in the seventies. Like I should have grown up in the seventies. And and that's like, I love that, that look where it's just like kind of grungy hipster, uh, you know, um, and, and, it just shows people what would look good based on their personality, based on what they like, based on what, you know, and it's, and it's photo approved outfits because clients don't know that not everything photographs well. That's so true. And actually Holly just had a client who didn't use or didn't take the suggestions that Holly had sent her from our site. And she went ahead and ordered a free people dress, which was a cute dress, but it was a huge, like, Moo moo looking short yeah. midi dress that had zero definition to yeah. it. And she was like, Well, I bought this because I thought it would hide everything when really it just makes everything look bigger. And we were like, A hundred percent. That's why we don't <laughs> add that shit like, on our site. And that's why she didn't yeah. send you that stuff because you're not supposed <laughs> like, to wear it. I think it. I am going to need your styling advice. I'm like, oh, All right. <laughs> I mean, no doubt. Like I told yeah. you. When I think that that's so important too because and I actually just did um, an interview about uh, body image and different body types and embracing all different body types yes. and how when you send someone a Pinterest link of this is what I like, it's all on size negative two models. Right. And that's really disconcerting to the majority of our clients. And I actually have had one woman say, I don't look like the other women that you shoot. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And she was like, well, I'm not this mo- I'm not a mom who's going to go wear a long flowy dress. I'm short and I'm stocky. And I was like, well, I'm short too. And I, but it just opened my eyes that that's important. And we do really need to be uh, more mindful about who our clients are individually, body types, personalities. And I feel like you guys do cater to that so beautifully. So thank you for doing that for everybody. Well, and that's why we like to also, that's why we do the feature. We have that featured Instagram account because we want to show people who are actual moms, you know, of all shapes and sizes of what these photos that they see on style and select that are on size two models, um, you know, that, that a medium fits awesome too, or a large looks great on a girl that has, you know, big boobs and, and big curves. And it looks freaking aw- It probably looks better yeah. on her than it does the damn model, you know? And oh, so we yeah. want to, <laughs> we want to show that. And we want to show people like, you should be proud of who you are, what you look like, what your body type is and, and wear things, maybe wear things that flatter certain parts, but like, don't feel like you should be wearing something that's a huge moo sack to try and hide everything. Don't do that. Don't hide have and and you know wear things that 
make you feel good, make you feel confident and sexy and whatever else. And, and we'll help you find it. (laughs) Yes, you will. Oh my gosh, you guys are the best. I love you so much. I'm going to put all of your links in the show notes. People can come find you, subscribe, be a part of this community. You're growing. Holly, Melissa, you guys are badasses. Thank you. Thank Thank you you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in. It means so much to us that you're here and we hope you walk away feeling inspired as hell. If you're not already a student in Unraveled Academy, go to www.theunraveledacademy.com. You can also access the link below. Come join us. We have a seat waiting with your name on it.